headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Barbara starts this hour in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hi, Barbara. How are you? I am well. Good. How can we help? I need some advice on how to move forward with the collections company. I had a roof put on, and I got several estimates done, and I got down to making a decision between two different ones. And the insurance company kind of stonewalled on one because they came in like $12,000 more than the other company. So the insurance company told me that, well, why would I pay that much more to have a roof roof put on when I have a reputable company here that will do it? So when I told, I called this company A, that I was going with someone else, he became very angry and belligerent and sent me an invoice for $697 for the services he had provided. Although even if you go to his website, it says that he gives free estimates. So he sent it to collections, and they keep calling me about it. Mm -hmm. I just need to know how to move forward with that. Now, there is one caveat here. One time when we were after the insurance company stonewalled on him, he he asked me to sign this DocuSign. And he told me by word of mouth, I don't have any written evidence of it that this does not obligate you to anything. It just allows me to continue to try and negotiate with the company, insurance company. And he said, I do this all the time. I know I can get them to meet my price. So I signed it, you know, which was not a wise thing to do. But it pretty much said that um, the agreement was between the homeowner and him, well, his company, and that in exchange for his services provided, that I would agree to enter into a formal building contract with them and that does it say anything about a fee for the estimate it does okay what does it say well no not for the estimate but he does say that if i fail to enter into a formal building contract within 30 days of agreement to the with the insurance company that uh there would be a cancellation fee for expenses incurred during the claim scope of the scope of the claim okay well you have two options so that's what I signed. you have two options okay option number one i was stupid for signing something it cost me 695 dollars because you're probably gonna lo- you're probably gonna lose this because you were mm-hmm. stupid for signing that i've done stupid too so you and me are on the same team okay i'm not picking on you but i mean you said you shouldn't have signed that i'm saying you shouldn't have signed that I think it cost you $695 when you signed that without reading it, without half but thinking about it. Yeah. So that's one way. You can just pay them the money and call it a day and say, well, this guy's a dadgum shyster, and I wasn't real smart when I signed this. It cost me a stupid tax yeah. of $695. Or you can call an attorney and take this document to them and uh, pay the attorney $250 or $500 to scare the pants off this guy and threaten to countersue him for his shyster activities and uh, if they don't pull the claim back. 
Yeah, you can go either way. Neither one would be really wrong, morally or ethically. Um, and um, but but you know, you, the attorney might tell you if he if he does. All I'm doing with the attorney there is what's known as a bluff, mm-hmm. because you're not going to sue somebody over six hundred ninety-five dollars. He's not going to sue you over six hundred ninety-five dollars. But you're not going to get this stupid thing off your collections until you get rid of it and get it off your collections, either by him removing it or you paying it. So, um, a guy like this, though, this is not his first time doing this. No, no, he, he's a butt. No yeah. question about it. Um, and you know, what I would do is jump on and write some reviews on, you know, you could also call him and say, I'm going to write reviews about your company everywhere about what a crook you are. And then I'm going to pay the six ninety five, but I'm going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars because yeah. you're my new hobby. Yeah. I mean, you can do that. That might be fun. Um, because that, that's really what's going on. But I mean, he, but, but. You know, I've done stuff like this. You don't half look at something, you agree to it, and uh, stinking docusign. There you go. You know, um, Man. so I I don't know. I'm not an attorney. I'm guessing though that you probably on a technicality, that technicality being you signed this, you probably lost that money. But you could, you know, you can run the guy up a rail. How much? How much trouble you want to put into seven hundred bucks? It's up to you. It's an energy question. I you want to know what though, Dave? I probably wouldn't go to the attorney only because I bet this guy's done this so many times. He would know that that's a bluff. Maybe. And she might end up spending. Occasionally, money, you, you know run into somebody like me, and it's not a bluff. <laughs> so I, don't, I would not want to we're gonna, we're run bar, into Dave gonna, on the other end of this. Burn it to ground just to prove <laughs> the point. Because occasionally, I just get redneck about it, you know. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, but you know, I, honestly, you could cost him a lot more than six hundred ninety-five. The uh, you know, uh, yeah, the social media and you know Yelp reviews and anything else you can do. Jump you know all around his website. For $695, I could hire a web guy to just absolutely make a hobby out Ooh, of it. Ooh, come on now. That's you what know? I'm talking about. It's uh if I'm going to if I'm going to if I'm going to pay the guy, it's going to cost him. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm going to have a little fun with it after all. But uh but also note to self, you know, when I do something stupid and it costs me money, I call that stupid tax and uh Barbara Dave Ramsey's paid a lot of stupid tax. That's why I'm qualified <laughs> to do this show, because I've done a lot of stupid butt stuff. Hopefully, I can keep y'all from doing it and signing stuff you don't have to look at. That's in the category. I'm, I've done it too, though. I've done it too. It burns you because it's some little minor thing like that. You don't think anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. No, and the thing is, when it's vague like that, when it says you may be on the hook for you know cancellation fees or what, and there's no actual dollar yeah, amount. So why am I having to sign you know. this to get you to do an estimate on a freaking roof? Yeah. No, really, it's, too much. it's not like rocket surgery here. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, now that's that's the thing, though. I mean, we, we've all done it, and yeah. Uh, you you said it earlier, and that's a good phrase. How much energy do you really want to put into something mm-hmm. like this? And um, I just have to pick. Occasionally, I pick one, burn it to the ground, and the rest of them, I just stroke yeah. a check and forget it and go on and just decide which one you want to burn to the ground. Yeah. Um, it, if you're angry enough about it, burn it to the ground. I mean, make a big deal out of it. You know what I'm going to do? It cost him 60 or 80 grand. I, I, I need to start having those guys sign my document. Because I had an estimation the other night. Well, the guy that, was supposed yeah. to come out, never came. I'm like, I. it's interesting how the, this story flips. Well, and, you know, they say stuff like, well, it's our policy. And I always go, you know, it's strange. I've got a policy, yeah, too. Yeah, my policy. And my policy is I don't sign crap like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or my policy is if, if you waste my time, you owe me. Like, yeah. can, can we flip it on the other side for once? Yeah. I Just talked saying. to a guy. He sat in the doctor's office two hours wait, past his appointment time mm-hmm. waiting on the doctor. 
So you sent the doctor a bill. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Hey, you want to make use up my time? I mean, okay, my time's valuable dadgum, too. Dadgum arrogant twerp. You know, it's, I'm sitting here trying to give you too much money. Good gosh. You know, I mean, that's the deal. You just got to decide how you want to play this. This is the Ramsey Show. Fake it till you make it. It's popular career advice, but it doesn't work for very long. If you don't love what you do, you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work. You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie tips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear, and that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Graham is with us in Knoxville. Hey, Graham, how are you? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Uh, me and my fiance are getting married next June, and we've been bouncing around the idea of buying a home versus renting. And I wanted to get your thoughts on on that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I would not buy until you're married, for sure. Is that what you're talking about? Okay. Yeah, we're we were thinking, you know, right around when we're getting married next um june yeah do you guys have any will you have debt together we will have very little debt she has a student loan for about seven thousand dollars we've saved up a pretty good bit going into our marriage and plan on combining our finances and following you know a lot of your instruction on that so you pay off the debt you'd have an emergency fund plus you'd have a down payment yes okay then yeah, according, have, according to the have. baby steps and what we teach, you would be in a position to buy a home. Let me, let me tell you an idea to think about, okay? And it's not, it's not a hard and fast. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call you stupid if you didn't do it or something like that. Mm-hmm. But here's an idea to think about. I think, because I'm old and I've seen a lot, that one year after you're married, you will pick a different house than one month after you're married. Because I think you will learn a lot about each other during that year. And I always joke and say it takes about a year of marriage to know how close to your mother-in-law to buy. (laughs) But that's the kind, you know, you get to know each other. I would rather relationally you spend the first year of your marriage, all of your energy on your relationship, not on hanging curtains and picking wallpaper. Mm Mm-hmm. And for God's sakes, doing a renovation. Okay. So, I mean, I, I just, I love the idea of the house, not being the purchase, the move, not being an emotional relational drain. Instead, you all just get really comfortable with each other and pile up a big old stack of cash and the following spring buy a house that I like that. Um, and it, it comes from the old old Testament biblical story, uh, in second Samuel, that the young warriors in Israel in those days 
were not allowed to go to battle in the first year of marriage. They had to stay home and take care of the family. They were not allowed to go to battle until they'd been married at least a year. And so that, you know, it's a bit symbolic or metaphorical, if you will. Uh, and, and it's not something that you would be completely unwise and stupid and foolish and all that. No, mm-hmm. it's none of that. I just, I just think you're going to make a different decision a year later. I absolutely agree with that. And you've known each other. You get to know each other a little bit better by then we've been, date, able to we've been ex- dating six years yeah you've been living different. together it's different i mean you've not been married together you yeah. might have been living together i don't know what you're doing but yeah but it's different uh, yeah i i it's 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 a different deal man mm-hmm. and um and it's not it's not that dramatic really but it's just it's subtle yeah it, it's um and and the thing i also the the thing that that makes you do is it makes you push back against the whole culture that's yelling at you bye house buy a house buy a house oh renting is throwing your money away buy a house buy a house buy a yeah. house oh renters are going to hell buy a house buy a house you know people are just go crazy they're like a beagle chasing a rabbit man and it's just you know it's okay to have a little bit of patience home ownership is a great plan mm-hmm. owning a home and getting it paid off is a great financial wealth building plan but everybody doesn't have to buy a house right now just calm right. your butt down you yeah. know it's like uh and the longer you wait, the more you'll have more money to put down on it. Yeah. So there's that. And who knows what the interest rates will do during that time? Might be fun. It might. Oh, that's true. Or are um, you trying to make a call here, Dave? Are you? No, are you calling nope, something? Nope. Okay, I'm, just checking. I'm just saying, it'd be we'll be after an election at that okay. point, and we'll see what's happening. I didn't so. know if you were seeing your shadow or what. <laughs> <laughs> that happens around here a lot because uh, yeah, I've seen things. Touch. <laughs> You get old things circle back around. If you keep the suit coat long enough, it comes back in style. You yeah. know, so. All right, here we go. Uh, JT is in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Hi, JT. How are you? Dave and Jade, how's it going? Better than we deserve. What's up? So I'm about to be at a point where I'm completely out of debt. I've uh, been working on it the last few years, and I'm about to hit zero. Hey, way to go. My question is, is it a... <laughs> Is it foolish to go back into debt? Yes. To start a business. Yes. <laughs> you just called the Ramsey show, JT. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you walked into the bear cave and you asked did. the bear if it was hungry. <laughs> you already know the answer, JT. advice. <laughs> <laughs> What's the business? Uh, my trade or work is a, I'm a 401k consultant. I do a risk compliance. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just kind of start my own firm, and it's a lot to try to just bankroll. Why? And why? What do you got to bankroll? That's what I'm wondering. Well, I, I mean, got out of cash flow you day one. Well, I mean, everything from you know software agreements, look, all sorts of stuff. Wait a minute, for what? You don't. Need, do, you got to have customers first. Well, I mean, I've. Not so much worried about that part of getting everything started. Yeah, but you're going to What are you fast. getting started? What do you mean? Well, I mean, you don't have any money? Well, I mean, not enough to get this thing going. Well, what do you right think it takes that. to get this going? Why Why have you decided? What you're describing to me, you need a computer and some sweat. Okay. And a customer. Yeah, or six. <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know, I'm... For what I'm doing, I'd be go, I'd be whale hunting in a canoe, and I need some stuff to 
be able to do such things. Okay, you are not ready to open a business and leave your job when you have absolutely no customers. Whale so hunting in a canoe means that you don't have a clue where your customers are coming from. You're not ready to open a business, and it has nothing to do with a loan. Mm-hmm. You well, need some customers on the do, hook. Well, the first thing I do, I would take my current job and ask that they uh, 1099 me, and I would contract all the work that I'm doing right now and then go look for my own bigger clients. So I have an idea for cash flow. Okay, so now but we're eating. Big. Now why are we whale hunting in a canoe? Well, we got to go after big fish to eat big, right? Well, uh, I think you're... No, I mean, rabbits are more plentiful. Let's kill some of those. Neat. I think you're missing the beauty of the type of business that you're starting, which is this is a business you can start with little to no overhead. And little to no cash. Yeah. You it's, need enough to eat on, but I don't want you floating in a canoe looking for a whale starving to death because yeah. you didn't have any plan or any background. But if you got a plan for cash flow day one on the 1099 side... Then, um, and you think they'll do that? What's the probability of them doing that? I think so, because I'd be taking on a lot of my, uh, you know, I'd get my own insurance and stuff like that. Okay. You know, this is so vague and you have not proformed this out. The business you're in demands that you do a better job of proforming than you have done so far. This is a vague, gen- a group of vague generalities, and I'm going to go borrow money. No, you don't need to borrow money. You need to organically cash flow this little service-oriented business, and you're going to be just fine. Uh, and you need to put together a business plan and process that has the probability of you being able to eat and cover the cost of basic software services. But there's no big 500000 or $50,000 or $20,000 outlay for you to come out of the ground being a consultant. Yeah. That's, I think, Dave, people think if you build it, they'll come. And I think it's the opposite. You've got to go get them and then build it while, like, you've got to build it while they're coming. If you build it, they will come. In the movie world is called the field of dreams. In the business world is called a field of nightmares. (laughs) So, no, yeah, Yeah. you don't, you don't want to do that. You need to have, you need to have the, some, you know, I tell our guys all the time, hey, elephant hunting is great, Mm. but they're a lot more rare than rabbits. You, you can eat really good on rabbits. Okay. There's lots of rabbits. Go get the rabbits, and occasionally you stumble into an elephant, then that's extra. But let, let's go get the rabbits. Sounds let's like get a the... business model that churns cash. Here, stack yeah. some cash. You're fine, JT. Do not borrow into the vagueness that you are describing us. You're really going to make a mess. Yeah. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry, but I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Jade Washall, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. In the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage, Aaron and Melissa are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. good. We're good. good. Where do you guys live? Just north of Rochester, New Hampshire. Oh, it's a bit of a haul to Nashville. It is. Yeah, well, welcome. Good to have you. And all the way here Thank to do you. a debt-free scream. How much have you paid off? $162,158. All right. Way to go. And your range of income during that time? 
about 83,000 to 119,000. Cool. And uh, what do you guys do for a living? I am a service tech at a fuel company. Mm -hmm. And I've been a homeschooling stay-at-home mom for 22 years, but I also do eBay sales. That works. Okay. And how long did it take you to pay off the 162? Four and a half years. All right. Very good. Excellent. Okay. What kind of debt was it? About 2,000 was credit card, 18,000 was a vehicle loan, and the rest was the house. You paid off your house! Look at the weird people! (laughs) Way to go, weirdos. I love it. Wow. (laughs) What's the house worth? About 500,000. Let's go. How much in your retirement accounts? About 250. All right. Bumping up and getting ready to be a millionaire. Mm -hmm. Look at you guys. I love it. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. How long have y'all been married? 28 years. All right. And five years ago, somebody said something and (laughs) you changed. How'd you get connected (laughs) to us? What happened? Aaron actually heard you on your radio show. Mm -hmm. And then he started listening a little more intently and it got him thinking. I had recently picked up a full-time babysitting job Mm -hmm. and the money just wasn't there. Like, Mm -hmm. we have more money coming in. Where is it? Mm -hmm. So he brought it to my attention and... I listened, and we both just said, let's do it. Let's go. Oh, wow. And just off the radio we, show. Yep. yep. Wow. And we went out and got Total Money Makeover, and we just hit the road. I <laughs> just love like it. that. And four and a half years later, your house was paid off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After 25 years of marriage, or 20 years of marriage, you did something completely different. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Wow. Way to go, you guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank they got to feel pretty cool, man. Feels awesome. You knocked it out. We did. How, we did. I mean, how does it feel to be debt-free? No payments, no house payment, no nothing. It feels amazing and free. I bet. Yes. Yes. So you listen to the radio and you hear a guy talking about getting out of debt, how to build wealth. What did the people around you think when you said, I'm following the radio guy, we're doing everything (laughs) like like he says, and that's how we're getting out of this? Did people think you were crazy? A little bit. They they were excited for us, but nobody was like, oh, I'm going to try that. Like Mm. it just wasn't realistic, I guess. Yeah. Now it is. Yeah. Now it is because now it's done. Mic yeah. drop. Boom. Yeah. So we were it. sailing pretty good. <laughs> and uh Yeah. And then in January of this year, Aaron was diagnosed with neck and I mean uh, tongue and neck cancer. Oh wow. Oh wow. So that halted everything for a bit. Yeah. Um the surgeon said to expect to be out of work for four to six months. Mm. Mm. He had just changed companies for the first time in twenty one years. And so we weren't going to get short-term disability. Oh, oh my He hadn't gosh. been there long enough. So that would mean zero income. Two oh, weeks wow. shy. Yeah. It, two more weeks. If they could have pushed the surgery mm-hmm. out, we could have gotten some. Um, but So how did you make it through that time? We had followed the principles, and we had that three to six-month savings. Mm. And we knew right away we were going to have financial peace, that we didn't have to stress about that. That's yeah. right. We also had a lot of generosity from friends and family. Yeah. Mm. Wow. The so peace, how are you doing now? The peace we had from the emergency fund and the life insurance was everything to me. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're here today, to thank wow. you, Dave. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm proud of you. And so you got a full recovery? We yes. just found out he's cancer-free. Come on, yes. somebody. Hey, that's better than debt-free. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> debt-free is good. Cancer-free is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Way to go, that's man. That's amazing. What a great, what a horrible thing to go through, but what a great result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having that money in the account was mm-hmm. everything. Because yeah. we would have been thinking about that instead of 
fighting cancer fighting yeah right. yeah because yeah, it, ta- it takes everything you got to fight one thing and you can't have six different things going on yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. yeah and you didn't have to worry about that wow wow yep. that's amazing mm-hmm. well i'm so glad you're okay that's the big thing me too yeah and if you guys are looking through your radio at home you can't see their uh, i drank the kool-aid t-shirts <laughs> so there you go <laughs> they have officially joined the cult amen. so um say what I just said amen. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, what I thought you said and then. I'm just okay. No. <laughs> Way to go, guys. Congratulations. What do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? Uh, a big p- part of it is just to have contentment with what you have. Mm-hmm. We've always lived a very thrifty lifestyle. We've never carried much debt. We're content with what we have, but I think that's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Enabled you to just click that about two notches and knock the whole thing out. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like right. this massive change, mm-hmm. but you just had to get real intentional. Yes. You know, that's a big thing. Content, yeah. Contentment's everything. I have a key, too. When I yes. uh, got diagnosed, uh, I came up with a saying. It was opportunities. Um, sorry. Um, challenges are just opportunities to prove how strong you are. I and I think right. that's true with that also. Yeah. The challenge makes you a harder. Yeah. At least for my personality. You're exactly right. That. That's exactly right. That's how things work. So, Very well done, you guys. Man, you're heroes. That's an amazing story. I'm so proud of you. Wow. Uh, who was cheering you on outside the two of you on the dead? Anybody? They were just looking at you going, you kind of lost <laughs> it maybe. We were definitely our biggest cheerleaders and pushing each other along. Um, yeah. But our kids have also adopted your principles, and they've been very excited watching us through this journey. So that's been encouraging to us to see them feeding off of it they do think we're crazy they do (laughs) (laughs) they live the principles now even though one of them's an adult Mm -hmm. yeah well they saw it work for you and they saw it change your life so yeah very cool well we got the live and give box for you that's the baby steps millionaires box you're almost our book you're almost there and uh the the total money makeover book to give away and hopefully get somebody else moving it helped you get you moving and uh, that book has helped a lot of people get moving and, of course, Financial Peace University membership as well. So congratulations, heroes. Thank you. Very, Thank very you. well done. Took control of your life. So Aaron and Melissa, Rochester, New Hampshire, 162000 paid off, four and a half years, making 83 to 119 almost baby step millionaires with a paid-off house and everything. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. One. We're debt free! Yeah! <laughs> yes! Love it. Wow. Just by listening to the show, Dave. You know, life is going to come at you. Sometimes life is named car wreck. Sometimes it's named job layoff. Sometimes it's named throat cancer. Mm. But life is going to come at you. And if you have that emergency fund in place and you don't have any debt, it puts you, I mean, what Aaron is saying there, it puts you in a completely different posture to fight against whatever life is wanting to deal you. Yeah, that's right. Because it's going to deal you something. Mm -hmm. You know, we always tell people, you need an emergency fund. It's going to rain. Dave, you need to be positive. I'm positive. It's going to rain. Yeah, that's just life. It's not being negative. It's just knowing that something's going to come your way. You don't get out of life without something coming your way. It's wisdom. I mean, the the flying monkeys on the Wizard of Oz, there's always going to be flying monkeys somewhere. Even if you're on the yellow brick road, there's flying monkeys. You just, life is going to, something's going to come. 
I'd love to say I know what you're talking about, but I've never seen The Wizard of Oz. You're kidding me. Mic drop. You're kidding. How? You're, are you an American? I. <laughs> <laughs> how do you How do you not have seen The I Wizard know, of Oz? I know. It's always just seemed like a weird movie to me, so I never watched it. Wow. Sorry. You have you. I, I'm gonna have to talk to Sam. We're gonna have to remedy this. We're having a we're having a watch party, and I'm gonna go rent the thing. We're gonna. Oh my goodness. Oh boy. Uh, we're gonna put it on the big screen out here, uh, up in the event center. We're gonna let's have it at the event center. Have all the people bring their children, and get the. I mean, the original, the real Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I'm talking about the real one. Oh my! I, I, I believe your analogy made sense on for some for some people. Jade, <laughs> I mean, that's not just a boomer thing. I, I mean, that's that's just um, that's America and apple pie and yeah, Chevrolet and the Wizard <laughs> of Oz. I mean, come on! It's a little known fact. Wow! How do you not know about the flying monkeys? I'm so <laughs> and, and oh, this is the Ramsey Show. Thanks for joining us, America. We're so glad you're with us. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Forbes reporting Americans are overdue with their car payments at the highest rate in nearly 30 years. Higher car prices and rising interest rates are hindering car owners' ability to afford their vehicle payments. As 6.1% of subprime auto borrowers are at least 60 days past due on their loans, the highest percentage in data backing all dating back all the way to 1994, mm. according to Bloomberg. Gen Z and millennials may account for a significant amount of the borrowers behind on their auto loans as the two generations recorded auto loan delinquency rates last year that were significantly higher than pre-pandemic levels, mm. according to NBC News. Interest rates for used cars are 13 and a half on average for those with fair credit, but can rocket up to 21 with those with worst credit and subprime loans. 6.1% wow. behind on a subprime loan. Yeah, they shouldn't have. Buy, been buying these cars to begin with that's the problem yeah it's that's the problem when it's subprime it's because you've got low credit you've got low income there's a reason that they don't want you borrowing money and so they say well we'll just jack up the interest rate right this so that a, we can cover high, our butts you're a high risk high borrower. risk yep so they're going to charge you super high interest rates and, and continue your problems yeah, for you. Because they know. They but I was forced to buy a car. No, you weren't. Mm-hmm. you weren't. They did not have a gun. You were not forced to do anything. I have chosen to do some stupid things in my life, but I have to take ownership of the fact that I chose to do it. I was not forced to do it. That's I right. wanted it. I had car fever. Mm-hmm. I loved the smell of the leather. Mm-hmm. And I paid way too much, and I put it on a high interest rate because I was stupid. Yeah. And um, I suspect that some people have done that. Well, what's interesting is it's this is significantly higher than pre-pandemic levels, which to me indicates that after their pandemic, people got used to extra money coming in, whether it was subsidies from the government or whether it was I wasn't paying my student loan. Mm. And... Let's just go get a car. Let's get a new. Let's get a new Camry. Now we have the illusion of margin in our budget yes. because of these Biden bucks. That's right. And uh, there's not a real margin in my budget, but I will go and act like there is mm-hmm. 
And because the famous, famous words of right before you die, we can afford the payments. These are the famous words of fools right before you prove right. you're a fool. Right. Because all you, all you care about is how much per month. Rich people ask how much. Poor people ask how much down, how much a month. Ay, 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 ay. And they're not talking about what these payments are because we know what the average payment is. $717 last time I checked. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, $600. $650. The interesting thing, though, the way Forbes and the uh, financial media couches these things, it's as if the people that did this are victims. Right. You know, it's like um, the Gen Z and millennials may account for a significant amount of the borrowers behind on their loans. These two generations have recorded auto loan delinquency rates last year that were significantly higher than pre-pandemic levels. No, I, I, I can't get behind that, Dave, because they went to the dealership and they said, sign me up. Sign, I'll sign on the dotted line. They, they made that choice. No one said you had to get a car loan. No one said you had to spend $25,000 on a brand new car. You chose to do that. Higher vehicle prices are at fault. Higher no. borrowing costs, costs are at no. fault, according to the article. No. no. Um, let me help you. You want to know what causes vehicle prices to come down? Lower demand. Uh, people aren't buying them. They'll price adjust. It's mm-hmm. what's happening to higher education mm-hmm. right now. Colleges are getting ready to experience this. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have decided it's, I'm not going to pay $250,000 for a degree in left-handed puppetry. It doesn't make sense mm-hmm. and end up being a barista. No, I don't, I'm not going to do that. And um, people are waking up. And you yeah. know what? If car prices are so high, then don't buy them. That, that's what I'm saying. Oh, shocking. Look, when. See, here's the thing. It's the, it's the ancient word. We have forgotten the ancient word. No. N- yeah, you press your tongue towards the roof of your mouth, release and <laughs> blow air past it sounds like this no no you can't tell anyone no because immediately you're that's hate speech now yeah no and you told me i can't do something <laughs> i just did that's right no yeah i don't like dave ramsey i didn't you know i wasn't running a poll <laughs> i'm just here to help you but dave i have to live in my truth and my truth is telling me that i need self-care and i need a new car see the problem, and the way for me to take care of myself is to get this new car the problem After is all, if I you have your own truth day, and i have my own truth and they're in conflict one of them is not the truth hmm so it's kind of you're not allowed to like own your own truth it's sorry it's not like a thing you can buy you can't go to walmart and buy a box of truth and it's different than, you know, it's a variety. I get a variety pack, a different kind of truth, depending on what truth I want. Now, one truth, if it's in conflict with another truth, by definition, one of them is not the truth. The truth is independent <laughs> of your little feelings, darling. I'm, I'm offended, Dave. I know. But, I'm offended. And I'm supposed to care. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so fun. Hey, guys. If you can't tell, we're making fun of you. Yes, we are. Definitely. Um. Yeah, you're. If you make all of your adult decisions with your feelings, you are by definition a child. Mm-hmm. And so, when you purchase something that you can't afford with money that you don't have, to impress people you don't even really like, at twenty one percent on subprime, and then you get delinquent on the payment, yeah. eleven hundred and forty two dollar car payment. Mm-hmm. Then you become a statistic, and then people like Forbes make fun of your entire generation because of that and by the way 
the Gen Zs and the Millennials are actually two very good financial generations. They've done a very good job, by and large, but a portion of every generation is stupid. Well, the problem is... And a portion of the Gen Z and a portion of the Millennials, a portion of the Boomers are stupid. The problem is, Dave, is if you're always pointing to the the problem out there, that's the reason. It's the, the, the dealership. It's the interest rates. It's inflation. It's supply chain. If you're always pointing to something out there for your own behavior, you'll never be able to fix it. You'll never be able to fix it. And you'll never get out of debt and you'll never stop fooling around with cars. And everybody has to take that moment and look inward. When Sam and I were getting out of debt, we had one, a, a Jeep car payment for 303 and a Hummer H3 for 432 a month. That's so much in car payments. And I, I mean, I thought like, this is the way you're supposed to live life. This is what you have to do. And it took me listening to the Ramsey show and listening to things and people going, that's so dumb. That's so stupid. And at some point you have to look at yourself and go, could, could I really be making a stupid decision mm-hmm. and not blame? You're never going to get past it. You've got to look. There's a reason you don't have any money and it's sitting in your driveway. <laughs> it's the largest thing we all buy that goes down in value. Yeah. I don't hate cars. I just hate what they do to people that can't afford them. Right. And, um, you know, when you start talking, I mean, if you take $550 a month and invest it from age 30 to age 65, you're going to have $5.5 million right. in a mutual fund. Hope you like the car. It's a $5 million mistake. Yeah, that your kids are crunching up Cheerios in the back and, and your friends are throwing up in the back. Oh, gross. I'm just saying. What kind of friends have you got? Well, if you got a... Just saying. Who's... I haven't had friends throw up in the back of my car since college. Look, God, just gross, Jay. I'm just saying this is what. Okay, your kid, your kid throwing up in the back. Yeah, the dog. Somebody. I'll go with the dog. Okay, I'll go with that. The dog got car sick. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. But either way, either way, the thing's going down in value. <laughs> in your case, more than mine. But wow, they go down in value like a rock. Look, people are driving these cars for Uber. You you know those cars are getting tore up. Ooh, nasty. Yeah, nasty. I don't even want to think about it. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, okay. So, if you can't pay cash for your car, you should not buy the car. That will help you gain wealth later to be able to drive anything you want to drive. In other words, if you'll drive like no one else, later you can drive like no one else. I did today. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Jennifer is in Columbia, South Carolina. Hi, Jennifer. How are you? Hello. Hey, what's up? Yeah, um, well, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, my husband and I, we're having issues just saving and staying afloat, and we're really considering doing a cash-out refinance on our home um, because it just seems like the only way we'll be able to get out the rut and save and eliminate debt. How much debt do you have? Um, I have between about 80000 My husband, it's probably like three hundred k, but that includes the house. Okay. How much debt does he have separate from the house? Um, I'll say probably 
60. And what kind okay. of debt is this combined? Is it student loans, it's credit loans. cards? Yeah, it's just loans, credit card, my end student loans. Um, and that's really the gist of it. And just How like much is cars? I'm sorry? How much is cars? Oh. Um, it's, we have one car and it's 40000 Okay. One, you have one paid for car or I'm sorry, one car with a car note or do you have two cars and you have a paid for car sitting there as well? Just, just one car with a car note. Okay. Um, What's your household income? Um, well, my husband makes between 200K a year um, and I make 21 and then he also has, we both have disability. You, um, you make $21,000 and he makes $200,000? Yes. And you said you both have disability. Explain that. Because um, we both were veterans, so okay. we do have a dis- disability income. And how much is and, that in addition to? Um, it's, it's probably an uh, extra 20K um, onto okay. our income. So but it's just like. Can I, t- can I be honest with you? Mm-hmm. Y'all make far too much money to be this broke. Yeah. You make 200 you have $221,000 coming in a year. $250,000 coming in. Yeah, 200 yeah, two, even more. Yeah. That's you, unbelievable. You make a quarter of a million dollars a year. Yep. I mean you, you're spending like you're in Congress. And you have $130,000 of debt. Here's here's what I'm telling you and I want you to really understand this. If you just lived lived on half of what you make, which is still more than the average family in america almost double the average family you would be out of debt and it wouldn't take you borrowing on your mortgage to do it or refinancing or cash outing your mortgage to borrowing do it. on the mortgage is absolutely the most horrible ridiculous thing you can do because it will enable you to consider this chaotic out of control disorganized overspending life and you're going to gra- crash this car girl i, I mean you guys got to know. You got to get control. You know that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So the house. Uh, what's your What's your mortgage payment? What are you paying on this house? Um, well, it went up to nineteen hundred dollars. It was eleven hundred. Um, All right. So that's not your problem. It's yeah. just your living. I I I already know the answer to this, but you're not on a budget, correct? I mean, I feel like we are. We don't do anything. Yeah, like, but that's I not the same. Not... Okay. $250,000 is going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Aren't you kind of curious where it went? I am. I, I am. Yeah. 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 I think it's kind of like, whoa, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is a mystery. So um, what does your husband do for a living? He's a truck driver, and that that's what I wanted to get into. He's a truck driver, and... He'll go to work, and it'll be times where, um, because the fuel prices are so high, everything he comes out of pocket. He's on the ten ninety nine, but he works with the company, and um, you don't make. Wait week, a minute, he does not make two hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, he grosses two hundred thousand dollars a year, but his net income after expenses. So he's an owner operator, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's the problem. He's right not there. netting two hundred thousand. Okay. He's running a business that brings in 200000 and then he has repairs and fuel mm-hmm. and other things out of that. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. 
So you do not have an income of 200000 Your income is the net profit on his business after expenses are paid, mm-hmm. which is more like 100000 That sounds right. Okay. Uh, Does that sound right to you? Yeah, that probably sounds better. Okay, yeah. okay right. so Jennifer, what do you do? What's your job? Well, I just finished I just finished school on my esthetician and I'm trying to start my business. Um and you know, I've been an at home mom, but okay. now um you know, but I'm also trying to start a business, but I wanna challenge you. Know, you. I want I wanna challenge you with your esthetician work. Right now it sounds like it's more like quarter time to part time based on your earnings. Am I right? Well, my income comes from disability. So you haven't you're tw- earned you're anything 21? from the... You haven't earned anything from this degree yet. Right. I just graduated probably like two Fridays ago. Oh, okay. Well, congratulations. That's great. Okay. Thank right. you. Now, here's what we're going to do. All right. I'm gonna, we're going to set you into Financial Peace University. It includes a budgeting gap called Every Dollar. And then the other thing you ought to do is you ought to contact a Ramsey coach in your area. You can find them online with us at Ramsey Solutions. And sit down with them because someone needs to help you guys put together a set of books for his business and now for your business so you actually know what profit you have after taxes are paid and after the expenses of the business are paid. And then you will know what it takes to attack this debt. Mm -hmm. It sounds to me like your $40,000 car probably needs to be sold because I think it's too much car in this situation. And my guess is you probably have a very high interest rate on it. And the reason you have only have one car that's super expensive is he's in a truck all the time. Mm-hmm. He's over the road and an owner operator. So you guys need to get your, uh, your, your net profits figured out so that you can get organized and get on a budget and begin to attack these debts. And we're going to list them smallest to largest, and you're going to be able to do it in that order. I thought for a few minutes there you had a $250,000 income, too. and that was super absurd that you couldn't pay off $140,000 worth of debt making that, but you don't. Mm-hmm. You have probably a $100,000, $120,000 income, give or take. And uh, that's still enough to get you out of debt, but it's not. it doesn't make you look as uh, out of control as I initially thought right. you were. Okay, you, you know All it means is you're, you're right. Your budget is probably not super... Got all kinds, you know, you're probably not eating caviar every night or something here. It's not, that's not what's going on. But, uh, but, but you are going to have to tighten up and you are going to have to make a decision. And it's probably going to take you about three years of sacrifice, including selling this car and getting a much more reasonable, cheap car mm-hmm. temporarily to get yourself out of con- into control. But we'll get you started in Financial Peace University and get you started on the every dollar budget and help you get moving. This is The Ramsey Show. You know, I get lots of questions about ID theft since it's a huge problem. Most people just worry about financial fraud, which is a big mistake. Tax refund fraud, for example, is out of control. Last year, the IRS paid out over $10 billion in fraudulent refunds. Thieves are stealing your refunds. They're also hacking into accounting and tax preparer firms to steal your personal information and use it for all kinds of fraudulent activities that aren't detected by pricey credit monitoring and prevention plans. That's why Xander's ID theft plan is the only one I've ever recommended or used. They cover all 
all types of ID theft, including tax refund fraud. Plus, they take over the work if you become a victim, protecting your money if you get hacked. They even protect your kids for free on their family plan. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. It's just the smartest, most affordable way to go. Jade Washaw, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. When you need repairs for your home, Neighborly helps you find local home service providers like Mr. Rooter Plumbing, Mr. Electric, and more. Don't wait until something goes wrong. Be prepared. Download the Neighborly app today. Yeah, today's question comes from Alan in Pennsylvania. He says, hey, y'all, I've recently seen companies advertising cashback debit cards. I'm in the process of transitioning out of using a credit card for day-to-day purchases. My question is, how does a cashback debit card work and where's the money coming from? Uh, That's a really good question, Dave. I hear this a lot and a lot of people have popped in saying, Jade, this is a great way that I can build my credit. Uh, It's a debit card that will report to the credit card companies or, you know, report it on your credit report. But what they're not telling you is you're still borrowing money. No, no, the the cashback credit card is just a like a rewards card. Well, the ones that I'm looking at, the you're ca- talking about the one uh, now. The ex- ones that Experian, your Experian launched one that only works with Experian Boost, and it reports on the credit bureau. Right. Okay, but this is simply like Discover has one percent back, on uh, Discover points, or uh, okay. if you get airline miles. So just or, this is this just, is just a re- it's a cashback rewards. All right, debit, then I don't have a problem with that debit card. Um, and where does the money come from? It comes from transaction fees, merchant fees. Yeah. So we don't accept credit cards on our website because we tell people not to have them. And that would be hypocritical for me to make money off of something I tell people not to do. Okay. So we take debit cards on our website. When you use your debit card on our website, we pay a merchant fee, a transaction fee. Most cases, I don't, ours is different, but because we doesn't do a lot of volume, but basically it's around 3%. Okay, so a hundred bucks, I pay three percent to the merchant fee mm-hmm. to, to transact the debit card. Mm-hmm. Okay, they can then take part of that fee and give it back to you to get you to use the debit card more because they make money when you use your debit card. They make transaction fees not off of you but off of the merchant that you are buying from. Same thing's true with the credit card, by the way. Yeah. Uh, credit card pays the exact same fees, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, merchant fees are exactly the same. We don't pay less or more because it's a debit card. Mm-hmm. Um, we've actually had to argue with a few of these people that they wanted us to, they wanted to force us to accept credit cards to get to process our transactions. No, so no, no. Like, no, 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 that won't work. Can't do business with you. But um, so a lot of, a lot of your, uh, uh, the, the credit card companies don't just make money on the interest mm-hmm. on your debt they also make money on the transaction fees absolutely and so when they're giving you airline miles or whatever it's not just because they're screwing you with 18 percent interest it's also because the merchant transaction fee is doing that mm-hmm. and so yeah i don't have a problem with this let me tell you what the breakdown on this is though the, the only issue it's the wrong question okay because you should not be asking a question of, I want to modify my spending habits, my method of payment, in order to get 1%. Yeah. 
because that means every time you spend a hundred dollars, you get a dollar. This is not for this is not going to move the needle for you. Well, and somewhere in your brain, you're going to think, oh, if I spend more, I'll get more money and it's yeah. going to make you want you to can't spend, spend more. your way into wealth when you're trading a hundred dollar expenditure for a right. dollar cash back that's you just lost 99 bucks on this okay yeah so uh i mean this is so this is the the way that these companies work though it's a feedback loop and psychological feedback loop and they're trying to keep you spending and consuming because that's where the transactions are where they make all their money and, and so it's not where you make all your money though and when you're asking the question oh boy i could get one percent back how about oh boy i'm not gonna spend a hundred bucks through that and now i just made a hundred times more money than yeah. even asking this question a hundred times more money i like it by you know you know how you double your money you fold it over once put it back in your pocket right <laughs> i mean that's it that's quit so don't let these people suck you into trading a hundred for a dollar a yeah. dollar for a penny don't make this transaction and then walk around like, well, I am very sophisticated. I have a cash back. Who gives a crap? Yeah. You're not sophisticated. You're trading a hundred for one. The focus is wrong. Yeah. So well, it's okay if you want to get cash back. It's not bad, but the fact that you're even worried about it is bad. Absolutely. Uh, since I wrongfully set myself up, I feel like we should talk about the other thing too. Yeah. Okay. The other thing is <laughs> there is now a debit card that does report on your credit bureau. Yeah. And it is only with the Experian Bank. That's the only one. And mm -hmm. it only works if it only reports if you do Experian Boost. Now, what Experian Boost is is a fee that you pay to the credit bureau reporting company called Experian. You pay them a fee and they will boost your credit rating. However, those of you that have a boosted rating need to know that no mortgage company will use your boosted rating to qualify you. Mm. They will use your non-boosted rating. And so you use your Experian debit card. You opened a bank account with Experian so that they could make these fees we were just talking about so that you could pay them extra to boost your credit while using their debit card all to build a boosted score that a mortgage company won't take. There's other ones too, Dave. Really? That will, yeah. There are the ones that they'll give you, they'll send you a card in the mail and they'll say, we will take a portion of your paycheck and make it a portion of your own money and make it available to you as credit on this card. And so you spend, let's say you spend, let's say you get paid $1,000. They'll take $300 over and they'll say, spend it on this card and so they're but they're fronting well, you the money a, that's first a, that's a prepaid credit and card. then they'll come in and whatever yeah. you spent for the month they'll come in and they'll take it out of your account yeah but that that is actually debt yeah that's what i'm saying yeah yeah that's actually debt that's a prepaid credit card mm -hmm. this but is, they call them debit cards yeah they're calling them that erroneously it, it is not the technical it can't a debit card does not count on, on on your credit score that's right period okay unless you run it through boost but the uh, um not as of right now, anyway. So, yeah, prepaid credit cards back in the day had huge fees on them. I suspect that does. I haven't seen that product. Um, and it was mainly being used by um, 
poor people. Yeah. Lower income people. It's like, you know, same people shop at the pawn shop and think they're going to get rich off a of lotto. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's the same poor people, and that's why they're poor. And it's one of the reasons they're poor anyway. Yeah. And uh, Dave Ramsey hates the poor. No, Dave Ramsey works his whole life so that you're not poor. Mm. I spend all of my time helping you not be poor. I want you to not do poor people stuff, and that way you're not poor. Okay? And poor people stand in line. The number one zip codes that buy lotto tickets are poor neighborhoods. Mm. By far. The vast majority of lotto tickets purchased are in poor neighborhoods. So I'm not making that up. I mean, it's an actual data point. And it's not a moral judgment. It's just going, hey, how's that working for you? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same neighborhood that has title pawn, tote the note lot, and rent to own washer and dryer, for God's sakes, that you could buy for 50 bucks at a garage sale. But instead, you pay 2000 bucks for it, rent to owning it. But this is all... Short-term thinking, thank God it's Friday, oh God it's Monday, and that's where the prepaid credit card shows up is in that environment. It's also payday lenders in that neighborhood. And um, what is these commercials? God, they're awful. Uh, Cash advance place. Well, it's payday lenders. It's cash advance. But uh, just horrendous. Mm -hmm. And the interest rates with the payday lenders, 800%. 800%. Now, you want to find somebody that's picking on poor people? It's those people that are picking on poor people. They're they're making a good living, getting rich off the backs of poor people. When you charge poor people 800%, and by the way, rich people don't pay that. They don't play that. And they, those, those things aren't in the rich neighborhood. They're not even in middle-class neighborhoods. It, it, you know, it's your lotto tickets. It's these, it's a short-term. It'll kill you guys. It'll kill you. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Just go make some money, live on less than you make, and stack cash. This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're so glad you're here. Open phones at 888-825-5225. In the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage, Colton is with us. Hey, Colton, how are you? Doing most excellent. Thank you for having me here today, guys. We're honored to have you. Good to have you, man. Where do you live? Uh, Austin, Texas. Oh, fine. Welcome to Nashville. And how much debt have you paid off, Colton? 62258092 Wow. Excellent. How long did this take? 31 months. Good for you. And your range of income during that time? Yeah, I started at right over 24000 um, and then I ended 2022 with uh, right over 71000 Wow. Oh, good for you. What do you do for a living? Uh, it's a diverse job description. Uh, do a lot, but uh, we work in a pretty small company, uh, but I can be tasked by any of our marketing heads, our sales heads, finance. Uh, our CEO calls me the control center. It's where all the information comes together and then actions disseminate. That'll work. <laughs> I like it. I Love like it. it. Pretty cool. So mm-hmm. you average $2,000 a month in debt reduction, starting out only making $2,000 a month. So must, most of this must have happened in the back end. Yes, it was a journey snowballing throughout the whole thing. Yeah. And as we continued down it, we definitely got to, to see As your income wins. went up, you were able to slam it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every, every one that went down, it was the next one came up. There you go. Wow. I love it. Good for you. What kind of debt was it? Um, so it was all sorts of debt. We uh, had student loans mostly, uh, mm-hmm. private and federal. I uh, had a car loan, a bunch of credit card, had some past due uh, medical bills I had to pay, and then there was one little stupid tax I found myself in the whole time, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I found myself in more than one, I so know that's, you, right. that's not bad at all. 
what happened how did you find us what got you started on this 31 months ago yeah so i was actually i was on the lower end of the income of this journey and i found myself in a place where i really needed a vehicle and uh, i was in a place where it was mandatory for my job and i had to uh, commute to get everywhere and i was just looking at things i was like i have no money i'm right out of college like I i have no means to get a car how can i do this so i started going through you know my diligence to do the research and find out um, and I finally found the home base when I found Ramsey and this baby steps and I read the the book told him money makeover and I remember buying it at a half price bookstore and I was like $20 I bought this book and by the time I finished the last page and I closed it I was like that's a million dollar book and it's gonna change my life and Wow thank you okay so you're broken you read a $20 book and you need mm-hmm. a car how you get in a car mm-hmm. what happened so the before before I got the book, I actually got the car. Oh, you went yeah. into debt. Yeah, I went oh, into debt. Okay. That was the stupid right. tax. Twelve thousand. You solved that problem with another problem. Yeah. Okay. Th- then I read the book. I was like, oh, and this was like two months afterwards, and I was like, oh, oh. could have saved my problem. So how much? How much was the car debt in the '62? Uh, twelve. Oh, that's not. That's okay. not too too bad. Not that's too good. Bad okay. Yeah, you're in good shape. And then you turn around and 31 months later after a $20 book at a used bookstore, boom. Mm-hmm, there you go. I like it. Yeah. And, I like and, your style. And all the strategies, you know, getting the, involved with the career and getting passionate and, and doing everything you can, just so many facets of your life, just being able to approach them and, and win in every single one of them. Very cool. What did that look like for you? I mean, obviously you got your income up and you did it doing... Obviously, it sounds like you're a jack of all trades, but how, what did that look like? How did you do it? Yeah, it was actually a transition from from a few different jobs. Uh, it started on the lower end. I was operations manager for a, a freight and logistics company, mm-hmm. um, and that worked really well. We did a lot of things. Like we did a lot of different business. Like freight was only a part of it. We were moving. We were doing international. Mm-hmm. We had a lot. Um, but then I got a job offered um, for a new company and it was a huge step up and I was like definitely that's a place I want to go pursue and I talked about it with the owner at the time and, and he was like do it um, and then and then that second company sold and that's where I find myself in this new company and, and this is the place where I've just experienced the biggest the most growth and, and the biggest wins all over just wow. relationally I got a feeling I know why uh, yeah mm-hmm. me too I think the secret sauce is called Colton mm-hmm. uh-huh. I see yeah. that yeah, he, he's the he's the uh, captain of his own ship. Well done, sir. Well done. Well played. I like it. Okay, how old are you? Thirty years old. Thirty wow. years old, and you paid off sixty two thousand in two and a half years, thirty one months, and you did that starting at twenty four thousand dollars, almost no income, mm-hmm. and jammed it all the way to seventy one, and did this. What do you tell people the secret to getting out of debt is? Yeah, I have to believe it's vision. You know, you get to the place where you're in a place and you're like, I am done with this. I don't want this anymore and I am going to get to the other side. You find the vision, you find the purpose, and then you can start setting goals. The vision starts, the goals follow, the plan. Thank you, Dave, for giving us the plan because that was the easy part. The plan proceeds. And then once you start hitting the goals and you start doing everything, it all snowballs. It all gets bigger and better and you win so much that you're encouraged and you're motivated and it keeps going and keeps going. Um, but that all started with the vision. You get to the point where you said, I've had enough and I'm ready to get past it. Yeah. Amen. What, what was your, what was your vision? Cause everybody, every, everybody getting out of debt has that thing that they're picturing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the why, like if I can just get there, what was yours? Actually, the, this is actually hits the show perfectly is like generosity. Like I want to go out and I want to tip outrageously. I want to just give, I want to do so much for everyone. But if I'm in a place where I'm making so little money and I'm paying everything I can to the banks, uh, then we find ourselves in a place we don't have very much money to give out. We, ca- we can't be generous as we want to be. So my goal is to be as generous as possible. A- and to get there, I want to I take the steps. 
And you figured out that you have a math problem if you're broke to be right. generous. <laughs> yeah, right. you get you broke broke people. It's hard to be generous when you're broke. I mean, you can be generous with a smile. Mm-hmm. You can be generous with the kindness and open a door, make somebody a pie. But uh, but outrageous generosity it requires coin. Yeah, well done, sir. Outrageous. Well done. I like it. Very very good. Good 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 play on that. Uh-huh. Who was encouraging you? You know, so that's the biggest thing I, I I could say about the whole journey is like not many people understood at all. Like no one really got it. Like my dad would say, Colton, you need a new bed frame. My mom's like, when are you going to open up that baby, the dating budget? I need grandchildren. Like, like everyone <laughs> the around. The dating budget. Wait a second. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. How much can I put there, Jade? Like talk to me through it. Talk I, can't me talk, through it. I can't help you. <laughs> no. Uh, but so, so people may not understand the steps or the intensity or, or how focused you have to be to do it. But I was surrounded by people who supported me, like employer after employer. You know, I, I got called this morning at 10 a.m. I was sitting in a diner up north, and uh, just out of nowhere, uh, our, my CEO and our director of sales is sitting right next to me. Okay. They called me out of nowhere and said, hey, guess what? We're here in Nashville. We're coming down to Franklin. You're going to do the debt-free scream with you. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, this wasn't on the plan. This wasn't on the agenda. But, but Look at that. it's that level of support that I've had the entire journey. It's like friends, family, my church, everyone around me. I am so supported. And the fact that we have our CEO and our director of sales here today is just a testament to that. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, you're an easy guy to support. <laughs> Uh-huh. You're an easy guy to Thank get you, get Dave. behind. You're, you, you know, I, I, I like placing my bets on a horse that's going to win. So, yeah, mm-hmm. well done. Well done, sir. Proud of you. Thank you, sir. Well, well played. Well played. <laughs> and uh, congratulations. We're happy for you. We've got a cop. We've got the uh, Live and Give, speaking of that, box for you. The Baby Steps Millionaire's Book, which is definitely your next stop. And the Total Money Makeover Book. Now you'll have a new one. And you can give that away or give that used one away, one of the two. And then Financial Peace University membership as well. So thank you for making the trip from Austin all the way to Nashville. And uh, thanks to your your leadership team for coming in and supporting you. That's real leadership. Mm -hmm. That's very well played, ladies. Very well played. And uh, good stuff. All right, Colton from Austin, Texas, $62,000 paid off in 31 months, making $24,000 to 71000 It helps to be a force of nature. Count it down. <laughs> Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three, two, one. I'm debt-free. Yeah. That's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. And Uh, his dating budget is open for the ladies. You think it is? You think it's ready now? It's ready. I'm looking at him. You think it's it's happening now? His face card is not declining, so he's 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 ready. <laughs> Have you ever heard that? My friend no. told me that's the cool thing to say. Oh, is it? Okay, I, I, say it again because I I need just a little bit of cool over this one. <laughs> this guy's face card does not decline. Oh, okay. That's what you say when someone's handsome. Okay, I got it. I, it took me a minute, but yeah. <laughs> Took me a lot longer. It didn't take me as long as the other one you were talking Oh, my God. That one took me a week. Yeah. Uh, I'm so slow. But, uh, it's good, though. I'm glad I didn't say that about him. So that, that would have been weird. That's but, right. Yeah. yeah, you can't say that, yeah, Dave. That would be real weird. That would be weird. Yeah. God help us. This is The Ramsey Show. It's way too easy to put off making a will. And believe me, I've heard every excuse in the book. But not having the time is one excuse we can kick to the curb right now. Because these days, most folks can make a legally binding will on their laptop between loads of laundry. 
If you're wondering if you can make your will online or if you need a lawyer, we have a quiz to help you figure that out in less than five minutes. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash wills quiz. RamseySolutions.com slash wills quiz. Jade Washall Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Wow, that guy was inspiring. The energy off of him, amazing. Mm-hmm. Norman is in Philadelphia. Hi, Norman. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave and Jade. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, here's my situation. I'm uh, 70 years old, uh, part-time pastor, uh, bivocational actually here in suburban Philadelphia, small congregation. Mm-hmm. And um, we are having to unexpectedly close due to some horrific circumstances. If you want to know them, I'll tell you. Oh. They're not super relevant to my problem uh, or to my question. But um, I had been planning on working for another couple of years and then retiring and then looking for housing. Uh, this, quote, retirement is being forced on me a couple of years early, not through my own doing. It's just the situation. And so I'm wondering um, what is wiser for me to do to purchase or to rent a couple of things that play a, a role in my decision. My parents are still alive in their early 90s, and I'm committed to staying in the Philadelphia area for as long as they're alive, which means I'm in the Philadelphia expensive housing market. Otherwise, I could look for much less expensive housing housing somewhere else in the, in the country. So you've been in a parish? Um, yes, I've been in a parish, right. Yeah, and exactly. so have so, you been saving money towards purchasing a home? Yes, I have. I owned a home for 43 years, which I sold about two years ago, and have a maximum of one hundred and fifty to $170,000 for a down payment from that uh, home. Mm-hmm. And do you have uh, an, in, what is your income situation going to be? Uh, it'll be once I retire in the 70 K range. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now it's a bit higher than that because, uh, my wife and I are still working uh, part time for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. But once we actually retire, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll drop a bit down into the 70 K range. Okay. So if you purchase and your 90 year old parents pass well, when your 90-year-old parents pass, we're all going to pass. So um, right. when they pass, whether it be two months or 20 years, I don't know. Um, right. Then your intention would be to leave Philadelphia. Probably, yes. Mostly because of costs. Okay. Um, well, the, the general rule of thumb, and it depends on the market and the specific area within the specific market to get the exact math, but the general rule of thumb is if you're not going to be in a property two years, you're better off to rent. And so right. my, my thought, my thought is right now that if we actually bought something, we would commit to staying five to seven years, Okay. even if let's say my parents died in two years. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we would just we would just buy something that we would we would okay. stay in it for at least the five to seven years, regardless of regardless of their situation. Right. You would be at least right. five, yeah. Uh, right. If right. Um, how is their health? Uh, right now, it's pretty good, actually. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now my father-in-law's ninety-four, and he's sharper than I am. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's how we want to be, right? Um, yep, my, my dad will be 92 next month. Yeah. 
<sighs> I would buy. Uh, I would buy. You got a five-year horizon. You'll make money on it. It'll end up being net-net cheaper than having rented over five years. That's right. Um, right. I would buy. Okay. Some people have suggested I maybe rent for a year and wait for the interest rates to drop because it's an election year. Well, that that might be so, but during that year, prices might go up, too, because we still have a housing shortage. (laughs) And even though inventory is, uh, there's not a lot of people excited about the real estate market right now, Mm -hmm. there's still more buyers than there is sellers. And so we're seeing prices go up, ironically, while interest rates are going up. Uh, But there's not a lot of volume of sales. It's just, uh, but, but we've not seen a decline in values. Uh, not right. nationwide, and I'm, Philly's a good, strong market, so I doubt it's experienced that. So I, I, I would buy. You got a five-year horizon. We're we're going to commit to a five-year minimum. You'll make money in that five years versus having rented. Mm-hmm. You'll be glad you did. Um, and yeah, mathematically, I would buy. And and let's see what else. You stabilize your costs. Mm-hmm. You're you're in the I housing de- market. I am debt free. Yep. I am debt free. Okay, that's good. great. Uh, what do you have? No, I don't. I don't. In a 403B, Sorry? like what do you have in retirement? Well, uh, it's it's actually way too complex. I'm going to have about nine sources of income, That's also awesome. including international. Uh, so it's a pretty complex picture. But you don't have any cash to get a hold of in addition to the 150 to just pay cash for a house? I do, yes. I do, yes. But I, I, I would consider want, that. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. What would you recommend um, uh for putting down for down payment as much as possible. I like the hundred percent down plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I really would. I mean, I don't yeah. know what your net worth is. There's a lot of different things going on in your story here, but, um, I wouldn't use your last dime to do it, but if you're sitting on another five or $600,000 somewhere and you use 400 to go with that, you still got 200 plus these nine sources of income and a paid for house. That's where I would be. If I'm in your shoes, I'm going to pay cash for something. Um, but I don't know that, you know, we'd have to really dig further down into your numbers to figure that out. So at what point, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's say you have a million dollars. At what percentage of that would you pull out in order to pay cash for your, your primary home? The least possible to have a house that is quote unquote reasonable. And, you know, that's going to shift. All right. You're in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is not an inexpensive market. Right. Uh, This is not Dayton, Ohio. Of course. Okay. It's not Abilene. Mm -hmm. All right. It's, uh, you know, it's going to be more expensive. It's adjacent to New York. Hello. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're in a, you know, you know, a very, uh, uh, I mean, and and Philadelphia has got a wide variety of neighborhoods. Yeah. But easily $400,000. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go 400 or 500. Uh, I would not go 900. Out of a million, right? right. Sitting there with a hundred thousand dollars and all of it's tied up in a house. Yeah, right. absolutely. But that five hundred thousand feels like yeah. <gasps> to me too. That's pretty tight. I mean, yeah. yeah, but somewhere around that half million mark. And so that's why I say if he's got another five or six hundred thousand yeah. on top of that one fifty from the old house mm-hmm. that he sold, and he pulled out two or three of those hundred and still had two or three hundred laying there and yeah. he paid cash for four fifty, I mean that that starts to be um, optimum. Yeah. And um, that's a less than median price let slightly right. below the middle in philadelphia right now mm-hmm. so that that's where he would be and that you know but I, again paying cash gives you a, a lot of ability to just sit and smile absolutely and you don't have anything tugging at your wallet mm-hmm. every month there mm-hmm. it's a different a different environment so 
very smart for pastors to uh, hear this. Uh, not a lot of pastors, percentage-wise, these days have parishes. That's right. Not as often as they used to. Parishes uh, were traditionally or are traditionally um, employer-furnished housing, and it oftentimes was the house next door to the church. Mm-hmm. So they were handy to the church, and they could go over and turn on the lights. And mm-hmm. uh, he was bivocational, so it was a smaller church. Likely, I mean, he wasn't even full-time pastor, right? Uh, in terms of income off of it, he probably is full-time in hours. But the uh, um, there's still usually but the parishes have gone away. If though you are a pastor, or sometimes they have an old parish around a church that's gotten started again, uh-huh. or something, and they'll put the youth pastor or the uh, worship minister in there. In those cases, any of you that are doing that, make sure you're still paying yourself a house payment, even though you don't have a house payment, because you're going to end up where he is having to buy a house at some point in your equation. Mm-hmm. There's very few of you. <clears throat> I mean, if you're a uh, a priest in some uh, of the uh, denominations, some form of Catholicism, you might have no housing needs the rest of your life. That's possible. Uh, but the vast majority of you that are in a parish are at some point going to need to provide your own housing, whether it's at retirement, at a job change, or whatever it is. Uh, and the vast majority of evangelical churches these days are not doing parishes. They've not worked out well. And so be prepared is the moral of the story. And Norman has done a really good job yeah, preparing. Has. Done a really good job. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. That puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Sean is in Fort Lauderdale. Hi, Sean. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. What's going on, Dave? How are you doing today, sir? Better than I deserve. What's up? Um, so, quick question, I guess. Um, about $14,000 in school debt. I am $38,000 in car debt. Mm. Um, I make about $50,000 a year. Um, I'm 10% owner of my business with the ability to stake up to 30% um, once I reach, you know, goals of $250,000 um, on a yearly basis. Um, and I have about $3,500 in credit card debt. Uh, my bills exceed about half of my um, monthly earnings. Mm-hmm. What is your monthly well, earnings? About pre-tax, it's forty-one ninety, I think. Mm-hmm. So you're taking and home, you're taking home three grand. Okay. And then my bills are about twenty seven hundred, mm-hmm. including a seven hundred dollar car payment. Now I would Ooh-wee. like, yeah, I would immediately sell my car. Um, the problem is I got into a car accident about four months into having the car, mm-hmm. um, and the motorist who was at fault in the accident um, had uninsured uh, was an uninsured motorist. So I didn't have uninsured motorist on my insurance Shoot. either, and yeah, I exceeded about. I think it was $26,000 in damage. Um, so, yeah, um, kind of in a rut here. Um, Your collision I, I should spend, cover it, even if they are uninsured. It did. It did. It did. Um, so why are your car I fixed? Had, 
no, the car is fixed. I'm, I'm now driving it again. Um, it's, it's all good now, but it took about two months to repair and I needed to get to work at the time. What's that so got to I do with you renting. selling it? You need to get to work and you did what? So I needed to get to work at the time and I started renting a vehicle while I didn't have my car while I was getting, um, fixed. Okay. But you still, right now you still have a $38,000 car that what's the car worth today. It's fixed. You're driving it. What's it worth? About 29, I'd say. Who said? Kelly Blue Book. For private sale or trade-in? Private sale. Okay. So you're nine in the hole. And how old are you? I am 25. Okay. All right. Well, now, I, I had a job prior to this where I, I was spending probably a little more than my means. I was making about $100,000 a year. Um, and then the company sold and ma- major layoffs. Um, so I, I am a business owner. It's just, um, you know, business just started. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And so what's your question? How can we best serve you? She's trying to get out of this. I mean, my mom's always told me I got uh, hands that just money flows through, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm just, just start listening to your podcast. And I think hearing it from you might, might really help. So you're brand new to the Ramsey stuff. I am. Okay. That's cool. All right. Well, um, the good news is your hands are not a DNA issue. Your hands are money flowing through as a choice. Agreed? Right. Yeah. It's not like it's a curse. It's just that's how you've chosen to do it. Um, And I don't want your mom speaking anything negative like that over you again. Tell her to quit doing that. (laughs) Okay. No, it's all in. I I know. It's all in good fun. But even joking, you kind of owned it. Mm -hmm. And I want you to own I am a responsible extremely sharp 25 year old guy that recently made a hundred grand and soon will again, um, that used to make mistakes Mm -hmm. with money. And I don't make those mistakes anymore. That sounds more like the guy I know. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, and cause that is actually who I'm talking to. You're calling me on a radio show in front of a whole bunch of other people, put bearing your soul, um, taking a great risk in order to figure out how to fix something that you don't know how to fix. I think that's pretty courageous. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. So for me, my two cents in this whole thing is, you know, I'm always going back to the baby steps. And I know that right now you're making $50,000 a year. I'm always looking for a way to increase my income if I'm you. Is there something else that you can do on the side? I know you're a business owner. I know you've got a lot on your plate. Is there something else you can do to bring some more money in? I was thinking about getting a second job at maybe a bar or something where I can, you know, go make a good amount of money. I mean, I know some people in the business who would take me in with open arms. Um, It's just, I don't want to exceed my ability to be able to run the business as an operator. Um, I don't don't want to impact my day to day. Well, you know, getting no sleep or something in there. There there is part of this that you're going to have to embrace that you're going to go through a season of difficulty. And that difficulty does look like long nights, being tired, working your your fingers to the bone like there is going to be a season of that and i think that's part of you just embracing it here's the thing it's not long term it's short term right so i do think that your idea of looking into that i would just go ahead and move forward with that assuming that the return on that time is going to be worth it how much do you think you could make um i had one of the girls who worked there tell me they made 700 a night. I, I mean, I'd probably say average 400 a night, That's 500 a night. Yeah, Great. so you can make almost as much doing that at yeah. night as you're making during the day right now. Right, right, yeah. of course. And so that solves a lot of problems right there. 
And again, it's a temporary thing. This is all to clean up the mess. Because if you had zero payments right now, your mm-hmm. life would be completely different. Agreed? Absolutely. That's where we want to take you to. And so the we're going to put you on the we're going to put you on the every dollar budget. It's an app that we have, the world's best budgeting app. I'm going to give it to you free. I'm going to put you in our class. It's called Financial Peace University. I'm going to give that to you for free mm-hmm. because I've been 25 and scared. I remember how it feels, and I, I and I used to have uh, money running through my fingers too. Mm-hmm. I know exactly how that out of control feels and you wake up with a financial hangover which is worse than a real one yeah and um so yeah that i don't want you having that anymore i want this to get this out of your life so here's the deal we're gonna put you into all of that if and, and i want you to start immediately paying down cutting up the credit cards get debit cards don't spend money you don't have and, and begin to tear through these first two debts the credit cards and the student loan what's your student loan payment um, it's about 170 a month. Yeah. Is that as low as you can get it for that's now? As low as I can get it. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely try and, and you know, give them a call and see if I can decrease that. But um, it's, a, it's a temporary yeah. thing because really what we want is $14,000 to make the whole thing go away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah. Right? And so here's the deal. Let's add, if you add $4,000 to this equation, credit cards are gone in one month. Four yeah. more months, the student loans are gone. Yeah. Right? Definitely. You do the math with me yeah. there? Yes. That's pretty amazing. That's why. So Jade's Jade's telling you the secret sauce, baby. It's you, okay. And then we're going to tear into this. And if you are not up back up to a hundred thousand dollars a year in your current job by March, you do need to sell this car. It's too expensive. If you're making a hundred, you can keep it, but you got to pay it off ASAP. You should be a hundred percent debt free in your world in a year from today if you'll follow the stuff we teach. And that involves selling the car if you don't get your income up. But if you do get your income up, you'll be able to pay it off and still keep it all within a year. Hang on. We'll get you signed up for every dollar. Knowing your purpose is the key to escape your meaningless 9-to-5 job, increasing your income, and finding work you actually love. That's why I created the Get Clear Career Assessment. You'll discover your top talents, passions, and mission, and then job opportunities that you'll be a great fit for. You'll get clear on what you were born to do. The truth is nothing's going to change until you take action. Order your Get Clear Career Assessment at RamseySolutions.com slash get clear. Jade Washall, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Angela is in Washington, D.C. Angela, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave, and hi, Jade. How are you doing today? Better than we deserve. What's up? So I am a 37-year-old single female, um, and I have found myself in a little bit of, um, well, a whole lot of debt. Um, I have two whole life insurance policies. Um, that I would like to cash out or surrender the policy, they total about $11,000. My question is... The cash value is eleven, or the face? The cash value is $11,000. What's the face? What's it pay if you die? The face face value for both of these policies um, is about $200,000. Okay. All right. And you're paying monthly on them? Yes. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, and about four years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer and at this current point in time, I'm uninsurable. 
So I was thinking about cashing them, surrendering the policies for $11,000 so I can start baby step two and, you know, create an aggressive plan, the snowball method to pay off my debt. Should I keep these policies considering of, of my illness or um, should I surrender them and start my debt, my debt repayment? What's your income? Um, I make about $140,000 a year. This includes a 20-year thousand dollars from a rental property and how much debt I'm renting out my basement how much debt do you have um right now i'm probably at about mm, two hundred and forty thousand. what kind of debt um 128 student loans about forty five thousand dollars in credit card debt i have about thirty thousand dollars left for the home renovation loan and i have a thirty thousand dollar car loan okay and what's your uh, with the cancer, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good now. Um, some of this debt is contributed to that. Just kind of, you know, paying mm-hmm. medical bills. Um, I was okay, in a, I, more, I, a higher. I'm, I'm not a medical expert, but are you in remission? Are you okay? Or are you still in the middle of fighting oh, it, and you're doing good, or mm-hmm. what's going on? No, I'm doing. I'm doing good. You're so in remission. I'm on just maintenance. I'm in complete remission, and I'm okay, on maintenance good. therapy. Okay, great, great. Uh, what kind of cancer did you have? Just It was breast cancer. Okay. All right. And so it is in the rearview mirror right now. How long have, have you been uh, cancer-free? Um, since about 2021. 20, okay. Two years. Okay. All right. All right. I'm thinking more like an insurance person than a uh, medical person right now. That's what I'm trying to do because I, I don't, I mean, I know very little about this except just having been around it as a human being, but I'm not a medical person. You follow me? So, um, Mm -hmm. but the experience that, um, I've had, I mean, I have, uh, two or three ladies, ladies almost within eyesight of me right now that on our team that have been through that and are a couple of years, the other side of it and are doing fine. Um, and the prognosis is excellent for them. Um, but you're right. They're not, they're not insurable for life insurance today. Uh, but in terms of their life, their life looks really good. You follow me? Yes. And that's, uh, I'm just judging it based on that. I'm not, again, it's not a medical diagnosis. I don't know anything about that, but I do know you can't get life insurance. I do agree with that today. So, uh, you're single. Do you have any children? No. not So, at this so you have no dependents. Mm-hmm. Okay. That affects no. this. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm very hesitant to have someone who's uninsurable cancel insurance. Because you can't get it right now. And if you even have a scare, let's say you go three or four years and then you have a scare, you're not going to get it for another three or four years. So you might end up going a decade if with no hiccups, maybe three or four more years you'll be getting it, right? But, um, but if you had a minor uh, hiccup, it could be a decade without it, and your life could change a lot at 37 in one decade. You follow me? All right. So I'm always yes, hesitant to lose something that you can never get back. And that's this insurance. You, you can't get it back anytime soon. Um, the good news well, is. I also. Go ahead. I also have a term. Um, oh, great. Policy. It's, it's term 80. It has a face value, uh, a death benefit right now of $150,000. Okay. That's extra information that's very helpful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Cancel your and whole I, life. Cancel your whole life. I have a long term long-term disability policy and a long-term care policy. Yeah. And I had all of these policies before I was 
diagnosed. I'm diagnosed. Good. Okay. Okay. Yes, I would cancel your whole life if I were you. Okay. Because you, here's the thing. No one is counting on your income if you were to pass away. So $150,000 cleans up, takes care of your funeral, and cleans up the vast majority of your debts. Mm-hmm. And the sale of your house cleans up the rest of them. Agreed? All right. So your mom, dad, brother, sister, somebody cleans up your estate and you've got the money to do every bit of that. And, um, there's no burden left to anyone. There's no one that was left counting on your income that doesn't have it like a child left behind that kind of a thing, which is the primary use of life insurance Mm -hmm. is to make sure the family's okay. So given all of that and that you have this 150 in term in place, um, and, uh, three years from now you get married and have kids and you get some life insurance to just you know to cover a family situation and you've had then five or six years in remission you're become insurable uh most likely at that point then yeah then you've got a fine plan you see what i'm doing yes and that's that i'm just trying to kind of anticipate but the eleven thousand dollars doesn't fix your debt mess you got to go fix that with your hundred forty thousand dollar income right and you gotta you gotta start really cleaning that up uh, and you have to get yeah. very, very serious about living on beans and rice, rice and beans. But getting rid of the stinking payment, because this whole life payment is what, 500 bucks, 400 bucks? All of my life insurance policies, premiums, um, I pay $508 a month for everything. Yeah, but how much of that's the term? 90. Uh, the, the term insurance is $88 a year. Uh, my whole life is about $2,000 a year. Mm. Yeah, so we're saving $2,000 a year. That's what I'm more concerned mm-hmm. about than the eight thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so are the eleven thousand. The eleven thousand dollars. Yeah, you can pay off some of the debt. Um, start cleaning up. Uh, you know, the car, the renovate. Whether you keep the car or not, I don't know all that. But yeah, it, the answer to your question is yes. I would. You drop. You got a whole picture here. We're looking at that tell you to drop this. But the number of times in thirty years on the air I've told someone who's uninsurable to drop a life insurance policy, even as much as I hate whole life, is very, very low. Right. Almost never. Well, yeah, because what are you going to replace it with? You're, Nothing. You're, you're you're in a mess, and I almost never would tell you to do that. I hate whole life life insurance. It's a piece of crap of a product. But in your mm-hmm. case, we're saving you two thousand bucks a year yeah. plus putting eleven thousand dollars in your pocket for something that you don't even really need. Yeah, yeah. You in know? her case, no. And uh, so the uninsurable just adds drama to the question well luckily she had the term policy in place if she didn't everything if she didn't she had two whole lives worth two hundred thousand would you have advised her to keep both of them or let go of one i might have let go of one i I would have parsed them out and figured out which was which and that i'm afraid the term insurance is probably expensive that's why i guess i guess Mm -hmm. accurately on the price Mm -hmm. because she bought it from a whole life company Mm -hmm. when you buy a term from a whole life company they jack the term price up to try to show you that there's not much difference between the two and you end up paying more than if you went to xander insurance and shopped among a bazillion companies and got the best possible deal uh so you know if you go to a whole life company and buy term insurance expect to pay 25 to 50 percent more so uh, for nothing for nothing absolutely nothing except the mar- their marketing plan so um but that the whole the whole industry is just wicked yeah. the term insurance is the only way to go 15 to 20 year level term about 10 to 12 times your income go to xanderinsurance.com they'll shop about a, a handful of different companies a bazillion companies to get you the best possible deal and um you know you're going to be in great shape then and you're going to kick everybody's butt in the marketplace if you're insurable 
she doesn't have that option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, good question. Thank you for calling in. And I'm glad you're doing okay. Me too. This is The Ramsey Show. Listen, I know a lot of you would rather watch paint dry in slow motion than file your taxes. But thankfully, you don't have to dread filing when you've got Ramsey Smart Tax. It comes packed with everything you need to file online before the big deadline. That means all major federal forms and deductions are covered with no hidden fees. Plus, with Ramsey Smart Tax, you can save up to 70% compared to other tax software out there. It's a no-brainer. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash smart tax and see how simple tax filing can be. That's RamseySolutions.com slash smart tax. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. So when I started teaching this information 35 years ago, I had discovered common sense, God's and grandma's ways of handling money. After I went broke, when I went broke, I was making a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year, and I had a net worth of a million dollars in real estate. And I have all the letters and licenses after my name and all the academic bull crap that says I'm supposed to know something about money. And I went broke. So obviously something I learned with the academic bull crap was just that bull crap. <laughs> now, obviously some of it was right, but I learned from old people that had money and from basic common sense things in the Bible that you have to live on less than you make. You have to live on a budget a written plan. No one goes to success accidentally. You have to get out of debt and stay out of debt. Your most powerful wealth building tool is your income. You have to save and invest and discover the eighth wonder of the world. Einstein called it compound interest. And you have to be outrageously generous. These are five components that are principles of life that are ancient, and they are proven. Then the next thing I had to figure out, and it took me a few years, was in how do I apply them in the real world? Well, I'm going to cut up my credit cards. I'm going to get on a budget. I'm going to not borrow money for a car. What do I do if I'm in debt? Well, we're going to use the debt snowball and get out of debt. Oh, I've got to have an emergency fund. Do I do that before a retirement plan? Oh, I've got to save for my kid's college. Oh, wait, we need to pay off the house. Oh, my goodness, where do we start? Which of these comes first? I don't know what to do. So we took the five principles and I put them into a process a proven plan, a path that we nicknamed the baby steps. Now, the baby steps are not ancient. Well, they're 30 years old, but they're not ancient like ancient wisdom from Proverbs, okay? But the principles that I talked about, the five things are all woven into the baby steps, and it gives you an order of attack. Mm -hmm. And we've taught people that the first thing you do, save $1,000, a little starter emergency fund. It's not enough, but it's just for now. The second thing you do, baby step two, is you pay off all your debts except your house with great focused intensity. You live on nothing, and you list your debts smallest to largest and attack them in that order. Then when you're out of debt, everything but the house, boom, you're in the top 10% of Americans right then. And then we're going to go ahead and finish the emergency fund at three to six months of expenses. Then we can let off the gas and let the intensity go down and let it change to intentionality, and we simultaneously do baby steps four, five, and six. 
save for 15% for retirement, save for kids' college, and start paying off the house at six. When the house is paid off, it takes you to baby step seven, which is everything is paid off. Now there's nothing left to do but build wealth and become uh, very, very generous. So in the midst of that, Jade, we've taught this, and you've, you've taught it as well. You're running into some detailed questions about four, five, and six, the retirement, the college, and the house. Yeah, the people on social media are like, you're always talking about paying off the debt, Jade. What about for us who have gotten through it? Can we have a deep dive on baby steps four, five, and six? And I'm like, yes. So I went through, I look at my DMs on Instagram, and I do look at some of the questions on Facebook, and I try to pull 10 that I feel like are the most asked questions. So let's... Frequently asked questions yes. on Jade's DMs. Yes, let's clip through these. So the it's first question... better than question, Dave reads mean tweets. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me add one to it, just because you mentioned it. So on baby step for Dave, is it my pre-tax number that I'm doing the 15% or is it my after-tax number, my take-home? Pre-tax. Pre-tax. So your, there you your go, gross people. Revenues. So if you make $100,000 a year, you need to save 15000 If you make 200000 you need to save 30000 There you go. Well, Dave, if I'm on baby step four and all of a sudden I use up my emergency fund, do I have to stop baby step four, which is investing the 15% in order to restock my emergency fund? If you can't restock it within two months, yes within two months so there's you don't, your you don't want to be going without an emergency fund mm -hmm. when you walk around without an emergency fund it attracts bad luck mm -hmm. it's like murphy is looking out got me one. Oh yeah you know so two months is the rule on that how about this one how do i toggle between baby step 3b which is saving for a down payment on a house and baby step four do I pick one or the other? When do I focus on one over the other? You take that one. All right. So I would say that if you're going to spend more than two years saving up baby step 3B, I might consider adding baby step four to it. And if you're going to able, if you're able to save up that down payment really quickly, then I would just stop baby step four. When you're done, go on to baby step four. Yeah. Like six months, pour the heat on no retirement. Yeah. And then go back to then go to retirement full on. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes people do. I'll take the match. My employer matches mm -hmm. six, so I'll do six percent instead yeah. of fifteen while I'm doing three B. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can do them at the same time. Yeah. But ultimately, we don't want you to. Uh, you don't want to. You, you don't want to do no retirement for more than two or three years. That's yeah. right. That's right. Let's see. Number three. What do I do uh, if I make too much day for a Roth IRA? Backdoor Roth. Aha. Backdoor Roth is you open an after-tax IRA traditional and roll it to a Roth instantaneously. Mm -hmm. I do it every year and I do it for my wife as well. Every year we, we have fully funded Roths uh, every single year. Um, perfectly legal. It's a loophole in the yep. tax law. That's right. And by the way, when you say you open, what you really mean is work with a, I work with my smart investor pro. They do it. I don't do it. There yeah. you go. I just wanted to clarify that because on the Instagrams, they're saying you do it. Like you oh, I don't do, do your it. own investing. The only thing I do you, on my investing is um, I throw money in an S&P 500, park it till I get my next mm -hmm. real estate deal. Mm -hmm. but that, that's, oh, that's maybe step seven stuff there. Yeah. So let me jump down to question 10 because it goes along with it. It says, do I really need to use a financial advisor to choose the funds in my 401k or can I just pick the funds myself? You can pick them yourself in a 401k, mm -hmm. um, but you need a good financial advisor in your corner, not to tell you what to do, but to teach you. That's right. And then the other thing, if you're watching the news and you go, oh God, Israel's at war, 
the stock market's going to die. We're all yes. going to die. You know, you need somebody to talk you off the ledge and keep you invested because yeah. you don't want to jump off in the middle of the roller coaster ride. I know that's right. All right. What to do with extra money when your home is paid off? My home is paid off. I've maxed my 401k, my IRAs, and my HSA is also maxed. What else can I do? Uh, well, there's two things that people do. I only do one, well, three things I only do as far as investing. What can other people do? I buy real estate that I pay cash for. Mm -hmm. And as it goes up in value, you do not pay taxes on the increase in value until you sell it. Mm. Uh, Dave, I'm not really into real estate. I don't want to be a landlord. Buy a low turnover mutual fund. Mm -hmm. And that means they don't sell the stock inside of it very often. So it doesn't have taxes. You only pay taxes when you sell out of the mutual fund on 98% of it, you know, if you got a low turnover ratio, mm-hmm. mutual fund. Um, and so like an S&P 500 generally would be that. Mm-hmm. And that's why I use those to park extra money in. What about these REITs? They're fine. Uh, just check your track record on them. That's a real estate investment trust. It's basically a mutual fund for real estate. Uh, in the old days, they stacked them with fees so high that the returns were much less than growth stock mutual funds. But in the last 10 years or so, they've really come on. They're doing a much better job of running them. And um, I don't buy those because I buy real estate. Right. But they're not bad. And sh- just check the track record on them. Love that. What amount extra should I put onto the mortgage? Or should you ever stop the mortgage to increase investing or vice versa? 15% of your household income into retirement at baby step four, something into kids college at baby step five and any other money we find above lifestyle. We put on the mortgage until the mortgage is gone. Mm -hmm. The two key areas of people that get their first one to $5 million of net worth and all the research and data that we have says a beefy, 401k Roth IRA retirement plan and a paid off house. Love that. Those are the two places to go to get rich. Mm, for college saving, ESA or 529? Uh, they, they're the same thing. The ESA, the good news about it is there's only one kind mm-hmm, and you control true. it. The 529, there's three different kinds and only one of them is good. And the one that you control is the one that's good. True. But don't but, get into pre 529 is prepaid college. You don't yeah. do prepaid college. You don't do that. That's a bad 529. And ESAs but do have contribution limits. a 529 with your SmartVestor Pro yeah. is the same thing as an ESA. Yeah. You select the mutual funds and you're just fine. Cool. Good job, Dave. Quick rapid fire. <laughs> Our scripture of the day, Proverbs fourteen fifteen. The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. George Bernard Shaw said, 2% of people are thinking, 3% of people think they are thinking, 95% of humans would rather die than think. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Hardcore, Sheesh. George. Hardcore, buddy. It's <laughs> probably like a- right. <laughs> Amy's in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Amy, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? I have a question. So I just, um, I'm about to close on a house. It's a $330,000 house that I put 18% down. So I put 60000 on down. And so the house comes in bare. It doesn't have refrigerator, nothing at all. And of course, those are the things that I have to buy. And I'm just wondering, um, like, how should I go about it without getting into debt? Did you know, I'm just, I have to ask, going into buying this house, did you know that there wasn't going to be any appliances inside? I did know. So what's your plan? You know, so I, 
I have um so I, I put aside so I, I still have like twenty thousand um kind of like kind of you know kind of my safe my saved up mm-hmm. um to just um just get things at really bare minimum and I have lived thirty five years without having to ever buy furniture. So everything's gonna be brand like it I have to get everything from beds to fridge to washer and dryer. Yeah. That twenty thousand was that your emergency fund? Correct. Yeah, I don't I don't want you to use your emergency fund for something that's not an emergency. So, like, so, uh, so the- let's just play pretend a minute. You close on a $330,000 house. You spend your last $20,000 furnishing it. The next day, something's going to go wrong, and you have no money. Right. That's why Jay doesn't want you to spend your emergency fund. So how, sh- how should I do about um, How should I go about well, I mean, that them? was your plan, to move into the house broke. Yeah. So that Dave said it. That was your plan to move into the house. You're going to have to move very slowly and very methodically. What do you make? I make um I make uh thirty five tax free, and I make around like forty has to be taxed. So I make um seventy five seventy yeah, yeah so, around so there. Do you, where do you get tax free income? Um, from um retirement from the military, like disabilities. Oh. Okay. So what's your mo- what what do you bring home each month? Help me out. 5,000. Five okay. So, let's see here. And you're completely debt free or did you buy this house with No, other- $330,000 mortgage. No, no, no. I meant other oh. debt. Oh, you have other debt? So I have no other debt. Okay. And I finance house 275,000. Oh, you put a 60 down on 330 mm-hmm. purchase. Okay, okay, that's better. Okay, so what this looks like is every month you're going to be doing a detailed budget in order to figure mm-hmm. out how much margin do you have to put towards what the most important thing is. So if I'm you, I'm making a priorities list. The the place you live now, do you have furniture in it? No, I, I'm, I'm renting a room, so everything is furnished. And I'm not sure if that's relevant, but my boyfriend's going to be moving in. And my other question is, it's going to be my house. And he's going to help me pay for mortgage. And I'm trying to pay it before, like kind of within like 20 years. And he's going to help me have the mortgage. But since he's in my house and I wonder what is a fair amount that he should pay in? Because, I, you know, at the end of the day, if we don't work out, it's going to be my house. And I don't want to screw somebody over. And what do you guys think is fair? So you get so that's it. my second. Um, yeah. Okay. So let me back up to the other part first. Okay. Um, you're renting a room and you don't own a bed. No, I don't own anything at all. Okay. All right. Um, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to take $5,000 and go buy a mattress and a bed. And I want you to buy a used refrigerator and I want Mm -hmm. you to use the laundry mat until you can save up the money and buy wash and dryer. It's going to leave you 15,000 in your emergency fund. And then you're going to cash flow furnishing this place out of your income so every month or two you're going to buy another appliance another piece of furniture and you're going to pay cash as you go the you don't do this with a mattress but everything else in the house go to the rich end of town and go to the garage sale and you can buy a nine thousand dollar leather couch for 500 bucks at a garage sale in the rich end of town because the lady redecorated and didn't like the color anymore Okay, and that's how you're going to furnish this place, the first round of furniture. Um, 
get a decent refrigerator. That's kind of gets life started. You can go to the laundromat until Christmas, and then you can save up and buy a washer and dryer. If you want to do it faster, you can buy a used washer and dryer and later on upgrade to a new one, all with cash, and sell your used one on Craigslist. Okay, so you're going to fifteen thousand. You have to keep in the account five thousand dollar budget to get you started with a bed and a refrigerator and a couple of other items. Okay. Okay. Does that make sense to you? That way, yes. if you you have an emergency, you don't lose your home. Yeah. That would be so. You know, I feel like yeah. You know, I I got a beautiful house and my yeah. my, my you, you, mentality. But you took it like, all. Oh God, you took it all the way to the edge, kiddo. I mean, you left yeah. no margin in this deal. I mean, you yeah. can't you can't breathe the way you've got this tightened up so tight. Mm-hmm. Then the second piece is, um, I don't recommend that you ever buy a house or depend on someone that you're not married to to pay for your house. And so, right. if you're going to choose to shack up with him, um, I would pr- my preference as an old guy who has a couple of daughters, and I know how sometimes people get treated in these situations is. I would say he can't move in unless he got married because there's kind of that thing, you know, and it's much better for you. You're the one that comes out on the short end of the stick, not the guy. Oh, I thought it was the other way around. No, you're the one that comes out. It does not go well for the ladies in these situations economically. The economics really suck for the ladies in these things. So, um, and somehow guys keep talking them into it, but I'm not sure how. Um, so I, you know, I'll just be old fogey and you can be mad at me if you want to, I love you and I want you to win. And I'm telling you the truth of what I would do if I were in your shoes or what I do to my little sister or my best friend or whatever. He doesn't move in unless he gets married. Um, you run your own life. And if he's a man and wants to step up and serve his, uh, spouse, then yeah, he can come on board here and we'll go. Aside from that, if you're going to do this, don't depend on him to do it, and then you can just decide. There's not a fair price for shacking up. There's not a shacking up schedule. Mm-hmm. We don't have a schedule for that. Uh, there's not a price on it. So um, you just got to decide, you know, who's paying for the mustard, who's paying for the mayonnaise, who's paying for the bread, who's paying for the lights, who's paying for the water, or what percentage or whatever. Yeah, and you, you got a roommate. Yeah, it's a roommate situation. You know, situation. it's a roommate situation. And it's just like in college, that's my mustard. You know, I mean, it's, it's the same stuff. And so uh, that's the problem you get into. And it doesn't bode well statistically. The data points don't bode well for your future wealth building in this scenario. And it doesn't even bode well for his future wealth Mm-mm. building. There's actually what we call a marital advantage in the statistics out there, in the data. People who are married have an economic advantage over those who are not. The data is slam dunk. It's not even close. So something to consider. I'm, I got all up in your business, but you asked, darling. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, as far as the house goes, 15000 in the account. Get a refrigerator and a bed. Used furniture on the rest of it. Work your way up with cash flow. What do you think? I Yeah, I, I was shocked you gave her the 5000 out of the twenty. <laughs> If I'm being honest, but well, I think she's going to go buy a refrigerator. I don't think we can look, stop her. Look, Jade Warshaw would have said, you better get you an air mattress and stop playing. <laughs> I'm not telling her to get a real mattress. You get an air mattress and you get you okay, a college refrigerator. I'm talking that. about the little guy that goes on the floor because I want this as a reminder to never do dumb stuff like that again. Yeah. Never take, never take yourself all the way to the edge. Yeah. That's the dumb thing. You took yourself all the way to the edge. And then what should have been a blessing can end up being a curse. And that's what we're afraid for, honey. Living like a rapper in this in this 
Ooh. big old house and no furniture with no furniture that's how rappers live <laughs> i didn't Look, know that giant gold chain i didn't know that okay. and no money I just learned something that puts us hour of the ramsey show in the books we'll be back with you before you know it in the meantime remember there's ultimately only one way to financial peace and that's to walk daily with the prince of peace christ jesus Hey, what's up, guys? It's Jade. Look, if you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.